Let me show you this. This is called a heat map. Uh, and I've, I've already passed around heart disease death rates in the United States. And the redder it is, the worse it is. Yeah. Guess where all the red is, huh, right? Okay. Yep, the moral of the story is let's all move to California and we'll be healthy, right? <laughs> well, good morning, everyone. Uh, thank you for coming. It's another nice turnout despite the cold weather. Uh, so thank you for coming. Uh, Today, uh, I'm going to talk about heart disease since this is Heart Awareness Month. And specifically, I'm going to talk about coronary artery disease. Heart disease is any disease that can affect the heart. It could be heart failure. It could be some sort of arrhythmia where uh, the rhythm isn't being right. Coronary artery disease specifically is the, uh, when we're talking about the blockages to the heart. Okay. So some, some statistics. It's the leading, heart disease is the leading cause of death in the United States. Um, about one person dies every 37 seconds. There are 650,000 deaths annually, uh, and cancer is a close second. $300 billion a year is spent on heart care, which makes it one of the most expensive, depending on how you assess things. There is one other thing I talk about, and I've been talking about more lately too, is that dementia actually costs more than heart disease. Uh, and dementia is going to be uh, really big in the coming years. Um, two out of 10 people, who uh, die of heart disease are less than 65 years old. So this is no longer a, uh, a disease of just the elderly. Um, there are nearly 1 million heart attacks per year. 600,000 of those are first-timers. Uh, and, uh, and, and a great deal of the time, the first time you have a heart attack is the last time you have a heart attack because you die. And so, uh, and then, and, and like I said, one in five heart attacks, uh, or two in 10, are silent, you didn't even know you had it, but, which means you're, you're, you're getting death to your heart muscle without even knowing it. Some people end up years down the road and they're in heart failure because their heart's not working and they, they, they get studied and they found out, oh, look, the, the doctor will say to them, oh, look, it looks like you've had several heart attacks. And the person goes, what? I never knew that. And, uh, and that's, that's how sometimes we, we get patients who present to us that way. So. Coronary artery disease is the most common type of heart disease. Uh, it's also known as coronary heart disease or ischemic heart disease. Ischemia means lack of blood flow. For, so for most people, the first sign of a heart, attack, uh, heart disease is a heart attack. And for some of them, that heart attack is the last thing they'll ever see. Uh, what's the cause of uh, coronary artery disease? Well, it's the buildup of plaque inside the arteries that supply the heart. The uh, people, I didn't understand this growing up, but the heart doesn't just take uh, oxygen from the blood that's in the heart. The heart actually has arteries that supply the heart, just like the, re the rest of the body has arteries that supply it. So the first arteries that come off of the aorta, so the heart is, is beating, then the aorta comes off the heart. The first two arteries that come off of the aorta are the coronary arteries, and they go right back onto the top of the heart, and they supply the heart. Um, so it's the, it's the buildup of plaque inside the, those coronary arteries, and plaque is the buildup of cholesterol, saturated fat, scar, and inflammation, and it's also known as atherosclerosis. That's why I like to talk about it so much, because uh, atherosclerosis is a disease I treat. Um, so, symptoms. Uh, well, for some, none, as I mentioned. Either you have silent heart attacks, uh, or it's the first one you had and you die. Uh, for others, they have something, there's something called angina. I'm sure many of you have heard of the term angina. Angina just means pain. So, you can have chest pain or angina of the chest. Uh, for people I treat, sometimes they have uh, uh, pain in the calves, and that's claudication angina. Uh, for people who have blockages to their intestines, 
uh, that will have intestinal angina. Angina just means uh, pain due to lack of blood flow. So angina is a very common uh, uh, sign that many people have. They can either have it at rest, which is a really bad thing. That means you, you don't even have to be doing anything and your heart is, doesn't have any blood flow and it's hurting. Or some people might have angina when they're walking and exercising or doing something. Uh, along with that angina, some people have uh, pain that shoots up into their left neck uh, or into their left arm. And that has to do something with the stimulation of the nerves. Uh, sometimes it can be in their right arm and right neck too, but most commonly it's left neck and left arm. Um, for some people, there is no, no, no chest pain or, or angina, but they can have uh, kind of an odd uh, shortness of breath when they, when they, when they exert themselves. Uh, other people feel a heaviness underneath their chest, underneath their breastbone. Uh, so those are some of the... Oh, and uh, interestingly enough, in some cases, nausea, indigestion, vomiting. Those can be cases, uh, uh, those can be uh, signs of heart disease. So uh, when people have unexplained nausea and vomiting and indigestion, uh, they might start to get a heart workup. They first will probably get a GI workup, uh, but then after that, the heart, the, the heart might be the next thing to look at. Or they might look at it all at the same time. So what are some of the risks? How, how do people get uh, coronary artery disease? Well, obesity, hypertension, which is high blood pressure, diabetes, inactivity, uh, poor diet, uh, tobacco use, increased cholesterol, increased triglycerides, uh, and to some extent, a family history. Uh, and and I, I, I don't like to concentrate too much on genetics because I don't want people to think it's the genetics that gives them the disease, okay? Uh, we are all, all prone to it, okay? It's, and it's, um, uh, I, I quote my colleague, I think it's Dr. Esselstyn, who says, genetics loads the gun, but it's uh, our environment, uh, it's what we do is, the, is what pulls the trigger. So if your mom and dad had heart disease, you aren't destined to have it if you don't live exactly the same way your mom and dad did. So how is the diagnosis made? Uh, well, first off, clinical. Uh, people come in and they sit and talk to us and we get a history. Uh, we talk about whether they've had chest pain, shortness of breath, those kind of things. Uh, and then there are some tests. Everybody's heard of an EKG. That's an electrocardiogram. It's called an ECG. Uh, and it's a heart tracing. Uh, it was one of the first tests devised. And we can, we can tell certain things about what, uh, what is a normal rhythm on the heart or what changes might have occurred if somebody's got some uh, lack of blood flow to certain areas or if they've had heart attacks. An echocardiogram is a ultrasound of the heart and there are two ways to do that one is they put the ultrasound probe right on your chest and they look at the heart but the problem there is that the, the the breastbone or the sternum is in the way so it's very hard to image the heart through there uh, but we're, we're pretty good at doing it the other way is to actually put a tube in your esophagus and then the the heart is sitting right in front of the esophagus and that ultrasound has no bones in the way and can get very good pictures so sometimes, if they want a really, really good picture, they'll do that one. And that's called transesophageal because they're going through your throat. And those, those sonograms uh, are very good at looking at various things like uh, how, how good is your heart pumping, um, looking at the valves, uh, uh, and looking at the size of the heart and things like that. Um, then there's stress tests. There's two particular types of stress tests. One is an exercise stress test. That's where they put you on the treadmill and you start walking and walk at a certain rate and they got you hooked up to the uh, uh, EKG and they're looking for EKG monitors or I mean changes on the monitor and at the same time they make you walk either till you either till you start to have chest pain and that way they can see what's happening 
or I'll make you walk to the end of the test. And then there's a medical stress test for those people who can't walk. And that's where they inject you with a medication that increases your heart rate at, and basically mimicking uh, as if you were exercising. And then they can look at the changes. Um, and then, th then there's the more invasive ways, which is the coronary angiogram or heart catheterization, as people call it, where we, where we put a catheter in the groin or a catheter through the wrist. And we put the, the catheter, it's a small tube um, about the size of a pen tip. And we put that catheter tip into the different arteries and we squirt dye in there and take x-rays and we can get very detailed pictures of your arteries and then determine whether there's blockages that need to be treated. Uh, and then uh, the calcium test. Who asked me about calcium test? There you go. Uh, there's a calcium scoring test. or It's a, it's a CAT scan. Uh, and, um, and it looks at the calcium that's in the coronary arteries. And I am not a big fan of the calcium uh, test because it has a lot of false positives and a lot of false negatives uh, because calcium isn't the only component of plaque. There's also scar and uh, cholesterol and lipids and those the things don't show up on a calcium test. So the only time a calcium test is positive is if there's calcium in your plaque and not everybody does have it. Uh, and sometimes people have calcium in their arteries and they don't have plaque. So that you can, you can have a, a false positive that way. I want to talk a little bit about cardiac rehab. Cardiac rehab is not only for people who've had a cardiac event, but it's also for people who've been diagnosed with cardiac disease who want to change their lives and alter their course, okay? And it's to help, so basically it's to help improve the quality of life for those who have the disease or who have had events. It focuses heavily on healthy living. It's because unhealthy living is what got us the heart attack or the heart disease in the first place. So it's extensively focuses on diet, exercise, tobacco cessation, uh, taking the medications to control your diseases such as uh, diabetes and hypertension and uh, working on your obesity. Most people are obese um, and it also involves stress management and your mental health. Cardiac rehab is not just eating and exercise but it's a lot of other things as well. How can you prevent and reverse heart disease? Well it's all about lifestyle changes. Uh, for me I primarily preach the diet. The diet is the number one thing that we do that affects our heart disease. 80 to 90% of the heart disease that's out there is preventable. It, didn't, it doesn't have to happen. 650,000 deaths annually don't have to happen. Uh, take away 90% of those if, if we all ate a different healthier diet. So uh, it's a diet that needs to be low in sodium, low in fat, low in cholesterol, low to no processed foods, and high in plant-based foods. So uh, and that means eat more fruits, eat more vegetables, eat more grains, eat more fiber, uh, eat more legumes. Quit smoking is a part of a healthy lifestyle. Uh, achieve a healthy weight. Um, and then uh, exercise is an important component of this. Uh, and then if you have chronic medical conditions, take your medications to control them well. Uh, and the, unfortunately, if you have chronic diseases, taking the medications doesn't make the chronic disease go away. It's just managing the disease. So living a healthier lifestyle will actually make many of these diseases go away. Uh, if you live a healthy lifestyle, your hypertension can get, go away or get better. Your diabetes can go away or get better. And your obesity can go away or get better. And those are major risk factors. If you stop smoking, you, uh, all these major risk factors for coronary artery disease go away. So living a healthier lifestyle eliminates many of these things. Cholesterol and triglycerides go down with a healthier diet. We're so, very excited to be putting on a lifestyle medicine immersion uh, retreat uh, and it's going to be uh, in May 
It's a three-day thing, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, and it'll be at a lake house uh, where me, Maya, uh, Diane, uh, uh, Marla, who's a plant-based nutritionist, and we have a couple of invited guest uh, speakers uh, who are going, we're going to immerse people in uh, lifestyle. Not just plant-based nutrition, but we're going to teach you about plant-based nutrition, how to eat, how to cook, how to shop, uh, what to have in your pantry, but we're going to talk about exercise, stress management, uh, sleep hygiene, uh, and so it's going to be, I think, uh, a really fun three days. I'm an intermediate guitarist, and I am going to learn some campfire songs, so I, I, I'm going to put it up on the Facebook page, What Do You Want Me To Learn? Now, and I will be able to strum it, but you guys will have to sing it, okay? All right, so uh, we would love to see, if, if you want to learn more, uh, we would love to see you guys out there. All right, let's get walking, guys. That's, that's a long time.